you're afraid of failing, but I guess you work hard enough so that you don't. Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. I said it before and I'll say it again. Check out my friends Brian and Chris and their podcast, The Greatest Games. They explore coaches' journeys, share some funny stories, and inevitably, Chris tries to stump Brian with some trivia. Check out their website, thegreatestgames.podbean.com, and 816 Basketball on social media. Start and test your memory. Let's see if you can tell me about the first time you remember participating in a competition and some of the things that you remember from that experience. I guess maybe the first thing that came to mind is something maybe about fourth or fifth grade, which is a long time ago, but amazing many grade school, you know, they didn't have, I think, I don't think they had Knights of Columbus free throw contest, but amazing many grade school had a free throw shooting contest. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. And that's the first time I remember basketball related wise, I guess, of competing against somebody else. So in that case, we probably, I probably had in fifth grade, I probably had 25 boys in my class. So it was just the boys shooting contest. So that was kind of cool. Was it something that after that you tried to find more things to compete with? You know, I think I've always been competitive, even though when I was younger, I was little. Maybe that's why I was competitive. You know, I was as a freshman, I was only four foot ten. As a junior, I was five foot one. So I guess you had to be competitive to keep up with those the bigger guys. Basketball's always been my favorite sport. I did play baseball, a little bit of football, but basketball's always been there and it never goes away. What is it about or what's a memory from early in your basketball career that you think drew you to that sport specifically? There's a lot of you know, probably my parents. My dad, you know, was a good high school player back in nineteen thirty five. He's the only team in Mazomani to go to the state tournament. He was an all state player. My mom was great at keeping newspaper clippings. And I have them today, and his medals and whatnot. And uh, I would read those when I was a younger kid. That probably got me inspired into in the game of basketball. You know, because she she kept all the the clippings from his glory days in high school back in the thirties. You know, so I mean, I still have those clippings. I have his letter sweater. I have all kinds of things from that that era. Cool. The, the history is something interesting. Did any of your siblings play basketball by chance? You know, my brother did. I have an older brother, Dick. He's 13 years older. He By the way, there. the best popcorn in the state of Wisconsin. I'll just stop there for Dick's <laughs> popcorn. But yes, your older brother, Dick, carry on. Yeah. So he played uh, He played a little basketball and sports in high school. Then I had four sisters. But, you know, they're all older than I am. So, you know, there was no sports back then for them. Cheerleading. I made a joke there about Dick's popcorn. So... As we'll mention in the title, Dave owns Just the Game Fieldhouse and Sports Impressions in Wisconsin Dells, and I spent seven years there with Dave and his older brother, Dick, worked in a concession stand. So I want to dive into your professional life, your business journey. Can you walk us through how you got started in owning your own businesses and how you eventually ended up developing Just the Game Fieldhouse? Oh, yeah, I'll try and make it a short story because it can be a long one. <laughs> Joy and I were teachers in Watoma. And back in the 80s, uh, I was coaching basketball and baseball, and she was 
coaching uh, basketball, volleyball, whatever. There was a screen printing business in town that we used to go and get all of our stuff for our players, you know, T-shirts and that. Whatnot. Well, we ended up buying that business in 1989 and quit teaching. Three, four months later, my buddy Itch at the shoebox, him and I got together, and we went into business together in, in the Dells. After buying a business in Watoma in the spring of 89, we were in business in the Dells in the fall of 89. So it didn't take long to get here. So then we ran a business together for a few years, and then we bought him off. You know, we ran Sports Impressions, a screen printing business, and sports store. Sold shoes and clothing, and, you know, the good old days when you had starter apparel and all that stuff, and kids were wearing hats and all kinds of sports apparel. And then, of course, as the boys got older, Kyler and Jade were now in their 30s and now run the business. We started playing basketball for Randolph. Hugh called me one day, and he says, hey, here you got a couple of good good players and I'd like to have them come and play with us. First we turned him down and said, nah, you know, we don't want to do that. Well, then we called him back the next day and we did it. Spent about three, four years with that legend, Hugh. And uh, through through all of our travels, we, uh, you know, we thought it would be a good place to build a complex in the Dells. And we were all over the place. We played in, as you well did too, probably you played in some gyms that didn't have uh, air conditioning in the summer. You know, we played in the gym down in Indiana. I remember one time where the out-of-bounds line was the bleacher. So if you touch the bleacher, you're out of bounds. You know, that's the kind of place you played in. So Anyway, in uh, 2005, we uh, ended up building just a game field house with a lot of help. You know, a lot of help from people in the Dells and, and all around that helped us uh, with advertising and, and getting things organized and land and donations, you name it. You know, otherwise it wouldn't be there. Then, of course, uh, we built on in, in 2011, added our featured court, which gave us another dimension to bring in high school games and college games and create relationships with, with all the basketball world in Wisconsin and the Midwest. So that's kind of the short version. Okay, well, I'm going to dive into it a little bit because there's some aspects of it that have always really intrigued me. And we've talked about a bit, but I think people will be interested to hear about. So back to Watoma. What was the rationale for moving your business from Watoma to Wisconsin Dells? Well, twofold, I guess. You know, um, we bought this business, and about a month after we bought it, we found out the building we were renting was going to be tore down in about three months. So we had to find a different place, and we thought, well, we'll stay in Watoma. Well, just one night, we're sitting at Monk's Bar with my buddy Itch and walk out a back door and see this place for rent. Called the number and, and, uh, he said, why don't, why don't you come down here with your screen printing and I'll, I'll put some shoes in there. We'll go to business together. So after a, a beer and a burger, that's, uh, kind of what happened. We called the number the next day and within a week we'd rented the place and, uh, then moved to the Dells, which was a great move. Absolutely. And so when you say itch for those who are not ingratiated, that's Steve Schmidt who owns the shoebox, the Mallards and, and many other businesses in Wisconsin. And your friends from your childhood. So I'm curious, when it came time to buy him out, how did that conversation go? As they always tell you, don't go into business with your friends, but you did it very successfully. Yeah, it, you know, he was expanding into different things, you know, in different locations as well. You know, and so we kind of wanted to go a different direction and, and lean more toward the screen printing and just athletic footwear. So, so after, I think it was about three, four years we were together. And then, then we just bought his side out and, and it worked out fine. 
So one aspect that always astonishes people is working side by side as husband and wife. So you and Joy have worked side by side in this endeavor since the beginning. How do you and her make decisions together that will benefit the business to help it progress? <laughs> you know, I, I think that we, we talk about a lot. How, do, how does you live with somebody and, and then you go to get up and go to work with them and, and you're with them all the time? I don't know. We, we managed, I guess. You know, she did her part. You know, we kind of split. You know, she was doing her thing and I'd do my, I'd run the retail and she would do the book work. You know, and when we first started, there was only two of just her and I in, in the Dells. And then we, when we got into more screen printing as time went on, we hired people. And of course, uh, we hired people for retail, especially in the summer in the Dells. But I was mainly working retail and she was, she was, uh, and then we had two kids at home. But uh, she handled that, and uh, when we first started, we were open from 8 in the morning to 11 at night in downtown Dallas in the summer. Of course, that's all changed now, but I don't know. For some reason, it's always worked out, and 40 years later, we're still, we're still doing it. So let's talk about just the game and designing and building it. What sort of information did you pull from when you decided to design just the game field house the way you did? Well, I tell you, when we went, we were, when the boys were playing for, for Hugh at, at Randolph, you know, we go to a lot of different gyms. And so when I take them over to the practice, I, I would take my notepad and I, I always wanted to build a place like this. And I'd sit and draw plans, you know, in relation to what I saw, like when we traveled to different places, whether it be in Indiana or Illinois or Wisconsin gyms, you know, playing, playing games for, for Randolph. And I just kept drawing until I, you know, I, then we hashed it over Joy and I, we came up with a plan that allowed good flow of traffic and, and gym and court location and basically a lot of, a lot of sketching in the back of the van during practice time. Yeah. So a lot of trial and error. This wasn't something that came to you in a dream one night. It, it came together over years. A lot of different sketches and a lot of different talking and where to place courts and where to place this, where to play that. Even after it was built, there's a couple things I would have done different, but it's turned out pretty well. Absolutely, and and you'll always have have updates and things you want to adjust. So then, when you opened the Court of Champions in 2011, you were more ingrained with the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association at that point. Can you talk about the decision to bring them a little bit more into the fold and why you did that? Oh yeah, it was always a dream to build a you know after we got those four courts going initially in 2005. You know, to do something that we did in 2011 to build a featured court, you know, and bring in, create relationships of, with all sorts of levels of basketball in Wisconsin. So during construction, we went to the WBCA meeting and we presented what we were doing. And at the time, they were looking for a place to put their Hall of Fame because at the time, you know, the, the, the Hall of Fame was at the Fieldhouse. And then, of course, the Cole Center came about. And uh, they wanted to move their Hall of Fame into the Cole Center. Well, they talked to the university. They really didn't want it there. Or if they did, it wasn't going to be very much space. And I heard that. So we went down. I, we had all kinds of space to put a Hall of Fame. So so we went down and presented our thing. And, and then it, also at the time, they were looking for a place for the All-Star game. Because the field house is going to be closed for basketball, basically. It's going to be a volleyball facility in the Cole Center. They wanted too much rent, so we worked out a deal with them that they could bring the All-Star Games, and we'd also start working on the Hall of Fame. 
So it's been a great relationship. You know, it's probably one of the best things we ever did. You know, you get to know so many people and just the relationships that we created through the WBCA. And now we have the Hall of Fame and we have the All-Star Games. We have the coaches clinic. You know, it's all in the belt. So it's been great. Yes, it was a great decision that was very fruitful. Now, moving away from your story a bit, I want I want to try to get into your mindset a bit in regards to success. So I want you to think about starting in Watoma as a small business owner to, you know, where you took just the game and sports impressions to when you retired recently. What does success mean and how has it changed over the course of time from the beginning to where you are now? First of all, I didn't know anything about business. We're going from teaching, both of us. I don't know if I knew anything about teaching, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, when we started the business, you know, it was it was uh, scary. You know, you have two kids and, and hardly any money. But we got a lot of help. When we first started here in town, we got a lot of support from the community, the business people. Lake Delton and, and Wisconsin Dells governments, you know, came through. And the Visitor Bureau, they made it a lot easier for us adjusting from what we did and, and where we were going. Some like this, you don't do it by yourself. If it wasn't for all those people, just the game wouldn't be there, of course. You know, Joy and I started it, but but uh, what finished it was all the people that supported us. Now, I'm curious about motivation and whether you're golfing now or, you know, you go into the field house and, and play horse with someone. When you're competing, are you driven by the fear of losing that competition or the joy of winning that competition? <laughs> In relation to our business and, and where we came from and where we're at, fear is the biggest factor. You know, you, you, you're afraid of failing, but I guess you work hard enough so that you don't. You know, you do anything to, if you're a competitor, you do anything so you don't fail. So that means working a lot of hours. You know what that was like. You know, you were with us for six, seven years. You put in a lot of hours. So you did that because you enjoyed what you were doing. You know, now it's a little different. You know, what, what, uh, once you're established, you know, what I, what I treasure the most is all the friendships, you know, that we've created. Even like you, all the other people, we try to create a relationship with all levels of basketball in Wisconsin, you know, whether that be, you know, second grader all the way up through the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, we've created a relationship with all those levels, you know, the Badgers, the Bucks, the, you know, the AAU circuit, the, the high school teams, you know, the grade school teams. So, um, and we've met a lot of good people and they've all become great friends. So. Yeah, so the success is great, but we often learn from times that are not so fun. So I'm curious about a failure that you have. That's your favorite because you learned a lesson that led you in a direction to eventually find success down the road. No, well, I don't know if there's any favorite failures. We've done a lot of things that didn't work, let's put it that way. And some of it was financial loss because we made the wrong decision on um doing this or doing that. I don't know if that, how to answer that question, except there's no favorite failure. You know, you try to forget every failure you ever had. Uh, and just go on to do something that's bigger and better the next day. Absolutely. Let's talk about mentors. As you mentioned, a lot of people helped you. Can you maybe identify one person who's a mentor that you've had in your life and a lesson that you learned from them that 
you either continue to use yourself or you have passed on to the boys or others who you have been around? You know, there's been a lot. I don't think there's any one person. We were in, uh, you know, you're in teaching, then you're in business, you know, so, and then you're, you, I mean, we're involving, involved in playing a game. You know, how many people get up every day, put on a t-shirt and a pair of sweatpants to go to work? Or, you know, in my case, not work, because I'm going to the gym every day. You know, if I want to pick up a basketball and go shoot it, I do it. You know, so I don't know if you call that work when I don't have to put on a uh, dress in any certain way. You know, so um, mentors, there's been a lot of, you know, I mean, uh, all the, you know, you go back to your high school coach, you know, who taught you, you know, some things that stick with you a long time. Then you got business people that help you. Uh, that uh, in a different way than uh, maybe somebody else does. So I, you know, there's so many people I I could name them, but then I'd forget somebody. There's all kinds of people that done mentors. All right. Well, I'm gonna name one because he's a person who's pretty pretty crucial in my time there. Tom Collins. Tell me about how Tom Collins, uh, ha- what he has done, and and how he has helped you over the course of your time in the Dells with the different businesses that you had, because he, he was somebody who was always a staple, right? He was always around. Oh yeah. He's a, uh, he was a joker. Tom worked for us for quite a few years and, and uh, got us a lot of accounts uh, in and about town and, and throughout the state. You know, he was in education as well, being the Dells athletic director and coach. Then he gave that up and came to work for us. And then he retired at a young age. So he's, He's fully retired now too. So he retired when he was about 60. He created a lot of, uh, relationships with, uh, for us and with us when we went to coaching clinics and whatnot. You know, he was always the card and, and, uh, could talk to anybody and create a lot of relationships, uh, for us, you know, through him. He was a, a great friend. All right, so let's talk about the future now. And and you're not involved necessarily hands-on day-to-day, but what are some upcoming projects or things that you're helping or assisting with um, that you want to share with people? Well, right now, you know, Kyler is, uh, son Kyler is 33. He's, uh, he's taken over just the game pretty much, uh, 100%. I go in once in a while and clean the floor, and that's about him. Jade, he's 31. He's taken over sports impressions, and and uh, actually we're there in the process of moving that to a a larger plant in the next month or so. They're doing a great job. Then they also expanded the other businesses, you know. So they got they got uh, just the game live, which is a live streaming business that uh, you know for high schools, colleges, whatnot. That's going quite well, even though it's a, there's a lot of that out there. But they get their share. And then they're even in the bar business in the summertime here in the Dell. So they're expanding business. They're entrepreneurs. And they're expanding it way farther than I would have. I'm kind of glad to be slowing down and hitting the golf course a little more. As you have deserved in your life. Well, I'm going to get you out of here on a kind of a fun question. So use your imagination a bit. And if you could obtain one superhero power, what superhero power would that be? And what would you do with it? Oh, man. I guess maybe... uh, Maybe going back in time, because you know they always say like if if I if I knew now if I if I could go back in time and correct some things, you know, and make things better. Although 
uh, you know, we it's been pretty good, pretty darn good, you know. But, uh, you know, just to go back and, and maybe do some things different that, that I, you regret sometimes. Although you try to forget them, you know, it'd be nice to correct them too. Yeah, time travel would be an ultimate tool to be able to use. But then then again, sometimes those memories uh, were happen for a reason, right? Right. All right, Dave, thanks for taking the time and coming to share with us. All right, Billy, thanks a lot.